talk to me. It was a small stucco house the color of dust. Two casement windows braced the front door above a tiny porch. The door was closed and drapes had been pulled across the windows. The window on the left was broken from the phone. Eight feet to the right of the porch, a five-member SWAT tactical team hunkered against the wall, waiting to breach the door. Malik could not be seen. George, listen. I said that we'd found her, and I want to explain that. I was wrong. We got our wires crossed out here, and they gave me bad information. But we're still looking, and when we find her, we'll have her talk to you. You lied before, you bastard, and now you're lying again. You're lying to protect that bitch, and I won't have it. I'm going to shoot her dog, then I'm going to blow my brains out. Tally waited. It was important that he appear calm and give Malik the room to cool. People burned off stress when they talked. If he could reduce Malik's level of stress, they could get him over the hump and still climb out of this. Don't shoot the dog, George. Whatever's between you and your wife, let's not take it out on the dog. Is it your dog, too? I don't know whose fucking dog it is. She lied about everything else, or she probably lied about the dog. She's a natural-born liar, like you. George, come on. I was wrong, but I didn't lie. I made a mistake. A liar wouldn't admit that, but I want to be straight with you. Now, I'm a dog guy myself. What kind of dog you got in there? I don't believe you. You know right where she is, and unless you make her talk to me, I'm going to shoot this dog. The depths to which people sank in the shadowed crevices of desperation could crush a man as easily as the weight of water at the ocean floor. Tally had learned to hear the pressure building in people's voices, and he heard it now. Malik was being crushed. Don't give up, George. I'm sure that she'll talk to you. Then why won't she open her mouth? Why won't the bitch just say something? That's all she's got to do. We'll work it out. Say something, goddammit! I said we'll work it out. Say something or I'm going to shoot this damn dog! Tally took a breath, thinking. Malik's choice of words left him confused. Tally had spoken clearly, yet Malik acted as if he hadn't heard. Tally worried that Malik was dissociating or approaching a psychotic break. George, I can't see you. Come to the window so I can see you. Stop looking at me! George, please, come to the window. Tally saw Lifetz returning to the rear of the vehicle. They were close, only a few feet apart, Lifetz undercover, Tally exposed. Tally spoke under his breath. What's the dog's name? Lifetz shook his head. They say he doesn't have a dog. Open your goddamn mouth right now, or I'm shooting this dog! Something hard pounded in the center of Tally's head, and his back felt wet. He suddenly realized that illusions worked both ways. The Newton detectives hadn't found Malik's wife, because Malik's wife was inside. The neighbors were wrong. She had been inside the entire time, the wife and the boy. Murray, launch the team! Tally shouted at Murray Life, it's just as a loud whip crack echoed from the house. A second shot popped even as the tactical team breached the front door. Tally ran forward, feeling weightless. Later, he would not remember jumping onto the porch or entering through the door. Malik's lifeless body was pinned to the floor, his hands being cuffed behind his back even though he was already dead. Malik's wife was sprawled on the living room sofa where she had been dead for over 14 hours. Two TAC officers were trying to stop the geyser of arterial blood that spurted from the neck of Malik's nine-year-old son. One of them screamed for the paramedics. The boy's eyes were wide, searching the room as if trying to find a reason for all this. His mouth opened and closed, his skin luminous as it drained of color. The boy's eyes found Tally, who knelt and rested a hand on the boy's leg. 
Tally never broke eye contact. He didn't allow himself to blink. He let Brendan Malik have that comfort as he watched the boy die. After a while, Tally went out to sit on the porch. His head buzzed like he was drunk. Across the street, police officers milled by their cars. Tally lit a cigarette, then replayed the past eleven hours, looking for clues that should have told him what was real. He could not find them. Maybe there weren't any, but he didn't believe that. He had blown it. He had made mistakes. The boy had been here the entire time, curled at the feet of his murdered mother like a loyal and faithful dog. Murray Leifitz put a hand on his shoulder and told him to go home. Jeff Talley had been a Los Angeles SWAT officer for thirteen years, serving as a crisis response team negotiator for six. Today was his third crisis call in five days. He tried to recall the boy's eyes, but had already forgotten if they were brown or blue.